0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. This supposedly is going to be the last aspect uh, of it in what we are sharing on accurate building pattern. We started with the resurrection, then Jesus the Christ and the kingdom of God. And then now we are going to be dealing with the subject of grace. And I'll try to make you understand, if you go to the book of Acts and begin to study you're going to find that these are the four major elements you discover in the book of God. That was basically, if I may use the word, the argument of Paul in terms of when he was preaching and trying to explain to the people basically what the gospel is all about. Um, often and again, I try to say that. And this one, I was listening to one message by Kenyon E.W. Kenyon. He made the same thing. Uh, there's a big difference, if you will, between... The gospel of Jesus and the epistles of Paul. When I talk about the gospel, I'm talking about the Matthew, Mark, and so on. Is that all right? These are historical uh, fact or documentation about his life. But when we come to the epistles, we're talking about the letters that God is writing to his body when he's now in spirit form. Is that all right? So it's very, very crucial we understand this. And sometimes we need to also know this, that um, the disciples of Jesus basically were not baptized in the Holy Spirit. So they were no Holy Spirit filled. But if they were to do miracles, God will speak to them. By that I mean Jesus will speak to them. Anytime he asks them to go do a thing, they'll be able to do it because he asks them to go. But if he didn't ask them, they don't, they don't succeed in doing it because the energy to do that was not in them. Until the day on Pentecost, they never had the Holy Spirit indwelling. Only Christ had the Holy Spirit indwelling. Are you there with me? So there was a big difference between while they walked with Jesus for three and a half years and after resurrection. And so let's begin to look into the subject of grace. Um, Turn with me to Titus chapter number 2, Titus 2 and verse number 9, I'm I'm going to read from there. I, I just want to believe that we'll be able to capture what I'm about to say because I'm very convinced that as far as ministry is concerned, you can't rule out grace if you really have to get to the top or to fulfill what God has in mind for you. Uh, most of the things that I've been able to achieve in life as far as ministry is concerned, they are a product of grace. Are we there in Titus chapter 2? Verse number 9. Exhaust servants to be obedient to their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not for but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn, adorn the doctrine of God as Savior in all things. Four. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Okay? Let me take this from the message. He said, guide slaves into being loyal workers. A bonus to their masters. No back talk. No petty thievery. Then their good character will shine through their actions. Adding luster to the teaching of our Savior God. God readiness to give and forgive is now public. Salvation is available for everyone. Now I want you to know the word to give and to forgive. That is the simple definition of grace in context. When he said the grace of God is now available, we're talking about to give and to forgive. God is giving you something and is forgiving you of even the things that you have failed to do. Grace is giving you the things that you are not qualified for. Not out of pity, not out of sympathy, not out of compassion, but out of you, are not, you, you couldn't merit what is given to you, is grace. It gives you beyond your imagination. It gives you beyond what you're asking for. Okay? Grace. I want you to understand that. And this was a major emphasis in the message of Apostle Paul. And if you're going to be running through the epistles as well. Very, very important. You understand what grace is all about. How it works and to know that this grace is available. But you see, it is what you know that works for you. Okay? It's what you know that truly works for you. Uh, I was just sharing with my brother, Pastor Tony there. In the course of this last trip to Malaysia, I was sharing with uh, Tony. We have two Tony in the hall this morning. Uh, Even three. So many Tonys here. Okay. Now, you see, I was just teaching in the conference there the Bible college student, sharing with them what the subject of the kingdom is and somebody who had been in ministry for over 40-something years walked up to me, the next day and said, he has sent my name to Dubai he wants me to go and speak to leaders in Dubai, we didn't have any contract we didn't have any discussion, I didn't know him it is just a function of grace but you see people try to see how they can get invitation letters that's the point I'm trying to raise You see ministers looking for avenues to travel for ministry. Here we have not even discussed. I don't know the man. He just walked to me. I want you to go to Dubai to represent me because I've spoken to the people that I'm supposed to speak there. I can't do what you are doing now, though I'm a minister. I've already sent you sent an email on your behalf. That is grace. Are you catching what I'm talking about? And then I want you to understand that grace is available. And I'm somebody who believes so much on the subject of grace. Because it runs through the scriptures as far as the New Testament is concerned. I mean, I'm talking about the epistles. Now let's go to Acts chapter 20. Act 20. Rabbi Tony says something, when we don't leave verse 32, he said something very profound while he was sharing. And he said, you got to stay on the area that God has called you into. The point is if you stay on the very platform that God has called you into, in terms of your duty post, that is where your grace is manifested. Alright? Act twenty thirty two. And now, brethren, Paul speaking, I commend you to God and to the world of his grace. The word of his grace. What does the word of his grace do? Which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified. Even in the Lord. God's grace. The word of his grace is able. So there is a building up when you understand what grace is and especially The word of his grace in this context. Okay, let me read it elsewhere from the message. Now I'm turning you over to God. A marvelous God whose gracious word can make you into what he wants you to be and give you everything you could possibly need in this community of holy friends. And I like that. Did you get that? There is something that delivers to you and it's called the word of his grace. He's able to give you what you need. He's able to give you what you want. He's able to give to you and make you possess what God has for you. I'll read it again. I'm turning you over to God, a marvelous God, whose gracious word can make you. What can make you? The word. What word? The word of his grace. Now, if you can capture that and you begin to share the word of his grace to your people, then God is also going to turn them over into what he has already created them for. Because the word makes you, even as a minister, even so he makes the listener, those who listen to you, to come into their inheritance. Because grace is available to everyone. You as a leader, your grace is in the area of ministry. But those listening to you in your congregation, they also have grace in their various spheres of life. Now for those things to come to be, for them to enter into that which God has for them, they have to begin to hear the word of grace. Are you there? Okay. If you go by that simple definition, the word grace here is carries. With my gracious, graciousness, gratifying. Uh, It talks about the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. I only like the definition. The divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in life. How many of you understand scripture says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, it means the grace influences your heart to think the way you ought to think. And not just that. The things you think about comes to you and you manifest who you truly supposed to be. Divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in life. By implication, grace will manifest if you are walking under grace. The reflection is people will see that there is grace in the life of this man. It's like coming to say, how could you have been able to achieve all of this? You say, I don't know. The simple answer is grace was working on your behalf. The divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. So life of a man is directly tied to the amount of grace that he has received. We must understand there is a place for doing ministry with sweating, and there is a place for doing ministry under grace without sweat. Okay? I want you to understand. Even in business, you could do business under the influence of grace without struggling like other people. You're succeeding, and you're just wondering how you are succeeding. The word able actually means dynamis. when it said, I'll turn you over to the word of the Greek, which is able. To build you up. The word able is dynamic which means power, uh, to be able or to make things possible. All right? And then to build. The Greek word has to be to build up. In other words, to raise up, dare upon, and all that. You know, to build up. We're talking about the word is able to build you up. Right? Meaning, even your ministry is supposed to move from one level to another level as you are being built up by the word of his grace. Because the ministry more or less goes as you move on. Your growth divinely directly affects and reflects on your ministry. Are we together? Okay. So that's the point. Now, he talks about those who are sanctified. We're talking about holy people. To make holy... Uh, you know, this one sometimes makes some of us get into trouble, but the point is scripture makes it abundantly clear. Every believer is a holy person. Is that okay? Scripturally speaking, we may want to use some definition, maybe who are these guys? Is it Charles Finney or whoever preaching holiness message, whatever. Whatever it is. But the truth is if you call into the Lord, you are a holy person. Is that okay? That is the way scripture defined it. When he talks about sanctified, that is a simple word. The word hagiazo in the Greek actually means ceremonially clean, purified, or consecrated. So you are a consecrated being. You are a purified being. That's what the Bible is saying. What he's saying is for those who are purified, grace works on their behalf to build them up. Can you get that? Grace works on their behalf to build them up. Those who are already, what? Sanctified. Which means, he's talking about those in the household of faith. Are we together? Get it right. Okay. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 15. It says, John bear witness of him and cried, talking about Jesus, saying, this was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Of his fullness have we all received, and what? Grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. You need to get that. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You know what grace and truth really stands for? Grace and the reality. Truth is reality. Grace and the reality of God is being made manifest through who? Jesus Christ. And he so said we have received of him grace for grace. Now, you should understand that if you want to talk about the Lord of Moses, here we will find that there's a kind of comparison between two dimensions or two persons, Moses and Jesus. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. By implication, the Lord is directing your attention to the emphasis of the grace we have received and not the laws of Moses. You see, anyway, let's go on. You'll be able to pick it just a little bit. The energy to live out the real life of God came by Jesus Christ. That is the grace. The Lord spelled out what you must do to please God. How many of you remember that? But the Lord doesn't have the ability for you to do what he spells out. Can you get that? He doesn't have the ability. So we're talking about grace, we're talking about the ability or the energy that enables you to live out the life that God intends you to live. Not just in fulfilling ministry and your life, but also to please him. If you're living under grace, you can please God. But if you're living under law, you can please God. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That statement was made only to Jesus. Therefore, if he, brought, if he brought us grace and you embrace grace and you receive grace, you are not only built up, but you also end up pleasing the Lord. Now, now, watch this. The Bible says, if a man's will please the Lord, what happens? He makes his enemies to be at peace with him. So one of the ways you can truly overcome the things you call enemy is to embrace grace. Because when you are embracing grace, you end up pleasing the Lord. How many of you understand what I'm saying here? And God takes care of your enemies. Is that all right? You know, we struggle so much. We fight so much over so many things. Turn with me to Romans 5. Romans chapter number 5. And let's start reading from verse number one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a need for us to understand what Paul is talking about. Being justified by faith. We have peace towards God. By implication, God is not angry with you. You're not quarreling with God. God is not quarreling with you. In fact, all will have all will have made God according to quarrel with you have been settled in Christ. Come on, are we together here? Verse 2 says, By whom also we have access by faith into disgrace. Oh my God. Access <laughs> by faith into what? Disgrace. Wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory of God. Amen. We have access into this grace by faith. What is the grace here Be mentioned? We being justified. Are you still there with me? And he said by grace we have access into this. By faith. We have access into this grace. What grace? The grace of being justified. In other words, You are justified not because of what you did, but because of what Christ did. Can you get that? And say, our faith gives us access to that justification. So now, the burden of what do I do to please the Lord, in quotes, is lifted. You just rejoice before him. You have access approaching your father, talking to your father, receiving what you want from your father. Without a sense of guilt or condemnation. You can stand before the devil with a stand of boldness and righteousness. These are the two things that happen when you walk under grace. You have boldness to stand before God. You are boldness to stand before God without feeling condemnation. And you are boldness to stand before the devil without feeling, being afraid. Because guilt is taken away from your conscience. Because you are justified by what? By grace. Not of work, lest any man should do what? She boast. Can you get that? This is what gives you authority to cast a devil to do anything you just know I am justified." Okay, maybe we'll pick it up. Romans four, let's look at something. Romans four verse three. for what I mean, say the scriptures, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, to him that walketh is the reward reckoned not of grace but of debt. I want you to pick that. But to him that walketh not, but believe to him that justifieth the ungodly. What does he justify? The ungodly, not the godly. Justified the ungodly. His faith is counted for what? For righteousness. He justified the ungodly, not the godly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Okay. See. Verse 5. To him that walketh not, but believe it on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for him. For what? For righteousness. Believe it. That's the key. Believe it. That's the, there's a the need for you to understand That everything you ever get from even the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is nothing but what believe. It gives you access to everything that the cross provided. Some of you need to take hold of our CD. Stop the abuse of the cross. It will bless you. Because so many of us are abusing the cross of Jesus. And I'm not talking about you are insulting him. But your ministry and some of us, our ministry try to prove that the sacrifice of Jesus is not enough. And so we are abusing the sacrifice of Jesus. So get the city, it will bless you. Stop the abuse of the cross. When Jesus said it is finished, it is finished. Nothing more can be added, neither can anything be subtracted. It is finished. We just live by his grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 6 says, Even as David also described the blessed end of the man, unto whom God imputed righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Now, Paul was quoting Psalm 32, 1 and 2 in this particular passage. And there's a need for you to understand that. Okay? So, move down to verse number 8. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Comment this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he has yet been what uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. Though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be what imputed unto who? Unto them also. What's that? The scripture is telling us here, Abraham was already counted as a righteous man before he went for circumcision. Does that make sense? Because it says he justified the ungodly, not the godly. So It simply means you were already righteous before you went for water baptism. Because the seal of circumcision was a sign of his being a righteous man already. So your water baptism is a sign that you're already a righteous person. That's what you're saying religiously. And that's the difficult thing for us to embrace. But that's the truth. What justifies you is not circumcision. He is already justified because he believed. So you are baptized because you believed. So you are righteous already and then when you get into baptism, you're only exercising a religious obligation as a righteous person. But your justification is before your water baptism. Are you catching this? That is why it is not of works. Hallelujah. Get down to Hebrews 13. I must try to finish up because <laughs> excellent in timing. <laughs> Glory to God. Are we there? Hebrews 13, verse number 8. Bible says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with what? With what? With grace. Not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. You know what he's talking about? (laughs) Hey, what's the diverse doctrine here being talked about? He's just really dealing with the issue of the ceremonial laws, diverse watchings, diverse eatings, don't eat, eat, sabbat, whatever. Is that okay? That's what he's dealing with. He said, those who get themselves occupied in those things have not profited them anything. May your heart be established in what? By grace. Are you still there with me? So it's not a ceremonial thing you do that enables you to please God or get things from God, but if you get established by grace, God is going to push things your way. With grace, you can draw from God. It just makes available unmerited favor. People often use the word. Eh? That is great. When you say unmerited favor, it means you are not qualified for what you have been favored on. Eh? That is grace. So, you see, this is what, if you go to Romans chapter 14, 17, it said the kingdom of God is no meat and drink. We just finished on that. and God willing, we're just trying to get a book on that. That's part of what I was sharing in Malaysia. What does it mean, no meat and drink? Is it saying you can't get the best things of life? Is that what Paul was talking about? No, because Peter already said in his own writing that God will make all things available to you. He said how many things? All things. And then Matthew, Jesus speaking, said, if you seek the kingdom, all the things that the Gentiles are seeking for, he will out to you. So we know that meat and drink have nothing to do with material things. So what is meat and drink? The religious order of the Jewish people. Don't eat this, don't drink that, don't eat that, don't smoke, don't eat. Are you there with me? All the do's and don'ts. Those are the meat and drinks. And this is what he's saying here. He said the people who have been occupied in this meat have never profited them anything. So you don't get that involved. You know what he's talking to? Who he's talking to? He's talking to the Jewish believers. How many of you understand the first crop of the believers on the Acts chapter 10? They were all Jewish people. There was no gentile among them. I mean, if you remember that, they were all Jewish people. The first crop of believers were Jewish people. And they were still tying up the Jewish system with the grace that it was supposed to work. So Paul was struggling to get them out of that. Hmm? You know, Peter was still going to the temple. I mean, if you remember that, even after baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was still going to the temple to worship. That's why he find he could see the the man by the beautiful gate that he healed. He was going for worship. (laughs) And we're still involved in all of those things, but Paul came with the revelation of God of the new order. Say, you can't continue with this, just like the scripture that Maxwell read. You can't take the old wine and put it into new wine bottle or new wine, put the old wine's bottle. No, 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 that is a mixture. And so many of us are walking in the realm of mixture, we're mixing the old with the new, and the Bible says it can't work. He said even if you take the old cloth and put a new cloth, the rent will be much, much as it were. Remember that? You can't patch the two. No patching. It has to be grace or law. You can't patch it. It's not going to work. And you being the vessel, if you drink in the new wine and then in an old wine vessel, uh, whatever the case may be, the Bible says it will break. Some of us are getting exploded because we're mixing the old with the new. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. Truth is the reality of your new creation, man. You can't mix it with the old man. That is why things are not working the way they are supposed to work with us and for us. We're struggling to do so many things. Why? Because we're not living under grace. But God will help us. Amen. Let me read this from the message Hebrews 13. I'm taking it from verse 7. He said, appreciate your pastoral leaders who give you the word of God. Take a good look at the way they live and let their faithfulness instruct you. As well as their truthfulness. There should be a consistency that runs through us all. For Jesus doesn't change. But but let me go back just a little bit. This is a very good instruction, I believe, for ministers. There should be a consistency that runs through us. (laughs) I like that. And you were trying to say that. You don't do things because some other person is doing it. Be known for who God has graced you for. Is that all right? A friend of mine was telling me recently, he said, uh, pastor, people are telling me, you know, we're close friends. Say, you travel the nations and you don't even take me along. You don't do this. You don't do that. He was getting angry with me. <laughs> I said, brother, look at it this way. You see, I am invited for what I carry. You don't carry that. Even if I ask you to represent me, you won't be able to do it. And I don't have the cash to take you along in paying tickets. So let's not quarrel. You're just trying to find the grace and stay. Your grace will also speak for you. Are you still there with me? For those who have known me for quite some time now, they know I'm very passionate about the kingdom of God. And anywhere I'm going to in the world, that is what they call me for. I am known for that. That is what the scripture is saying here. Is that okay? You have to have a consistency. May you be known for what you believe. May you be known for what God has given to you to carry. May you stay on your grace. But you, you watch TV, you want to do that, you watch it, you want to do that, you... Just like you were saying, your invent, you want to copy, and you think there's no formula for church growth, therefore it has to either be all night or all day, and then seven days and seven nights. You have energy to do 21 days fasting, and some even do 40 days fasting. Go ahead. But I pray you don't slump on the way. You see, there was a time we, we used to do what we call First Friday in this ministry. First Friday. And it was already growing. We were having people outside of our local assembly coming to attend the meeting. How did the meeting started? Somebody was pregnant in our fellowship, and the Lord told me we need to pray and fast because of that sister to avoid death. And I called the meeting. It was a first Friday of the month, and we prayed. We find that it was successful. We did that next month. We continued. First Friday became uh, an order, and people were coming. People were being invited, and they were coming, and they were getting results. I the Lord told me, I didn't ask you to do a program on First Friday. I always say pray because of that sister. I came to church, they are here, I told them First Friday is over. It, it is not a tradition of the church to have First Friday as what? As a program. I'm sorry, we have extended beyond what God wanted. And that's the end. You don't do things because somebody is doing it. We need to come to the place of hearing God. Look, he talks about consistency and faithfulness. Are you there? And look at the way he quotes that. He said, because Jesus, verse number eight, for Jesus doesn't change. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, he is always totally himself. I want you to understand that. He is himself. He's not fragmented. He's not so confused. So when you say Jesus is yesterday, today, and forever, it is not in terms of using it for uh, some prayer point and all this. No, 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 no. What he's saying is Jesus is himself. He doesn't change arbitrarily. You should be stable. He's only instructing you on how to behave like Jesus. But you know how many many pastors you, you can't really figure out? They are here today. They are there tomorrow. They are this, they are that. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Look at Tony. They take him all over the place. The things he share, He doesn't even talk as loud as I'm talking. But you see people calling him excellent in ministry, excellent in family, excellent in money, excellent in helping Pastor David, excellent. (laughs) And he's traveling the whole world. Be consistent. Be known for something. Come on, is anybody here what I'm talking about? That is where your grace will speak. Verse number nine. John lured away from him by the latest speculations about him. <laughs> said, the grace of Christ is the only good grant for life. Products named after Christ doesn't seem to do much for those who buy them. Did you hear that? <laughs> Can I read that again? Watch this. The grace of Christ is the only good ground for what? For life. Products. Jesus salt. Jesus oil. Jesus water. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Jesus sand. Jesus pillow. Huh? Jesus ring. Products named after Christ don't seem to do much for those who buy them. The scriptures can't tell lies. Go and ask those who are buying. No, that's the truth. Grace is only good ground for what? For life, not product named after Christ. If you like go buy Jesus' bag and think that your, your, your wallet will be filled with money because you are carrying Jesus' wallet. Hallelujah. Christ speaking to Paul, watch this, on the road to Damascus. Paul was not defending himself before Agrippa. Let's turn to Act 26. But grace is the key. Grace is the key. Hallelujah. Look at that. Act 26, verse 17. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee. God speaking to Paul, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they might receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. I like that. Simple commission. Okay, let's break it down with simpler translation. Message again. I'm sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders so that they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light. See the difference between Satan and God and choose God. I'm sending you off to present my offer. fire of sins forgiven. Hallelujah. And a place in the family inviting them into the company of those who begin reliving by believing in me. What is reliving? Believing in Jesus. Are you there with me? Yes, I'm saying it to the end, outsiders also. What's the outsiders? Talking about the Gentiles. Hmm? Light in the Bible is synonymous with wisdom. Darkness is synonymous with ignorance, in case you don't know. Light is wisdom. Hmm? When he said, greater than Solomon is here, what he was saying, there was no wisdom that Solomon had as compared to the one that I have. Solomon walked in the five senses, but I walk in the spirit. So the greater than Solomon is here. And he said, I'm the light of the world. In other words, if you have Christ, you should have spiritual wisdom as compared to Solomon. So even now, you can say greater than Solomon is here. Because light is wisdom. And darkness is ignorance. And he's saying, I'm inviting you to go give them this understanding that I've forgiven them their sin. And then choose light and walk on the grace so that they can become a member of this family and they will not receive an inheritance How many of you know that an inheritance is not something you labor for? This is the problem. You don't labor to inherit. The only thing that qualifies you to inherit anything is to be born into the family of a rich man. Are you there with me? You don't even need to pray for the rich man to die before you inherit the things you need to inherit in your life. That is what the prodigal son did. Went to the father, can I get my portion that fall late unto me? I know that you are a rich man and you have written your will. I have my portion, I have my her- Can I get my inheritance? And the father said, You have it and go. The boy went and wasted it, came back. There was still more than enough. You can't deplete God of resources on this earth. That is why you can't envy anybody. If we all are in the Father's house, you have your portion. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? That's what Paul is saying here. Grace will deliver your own portion to you. Teach the people about grace, not about law. They will struggle to get instead of walking on inheritance. Hmm? Look at what testimony the brother gave. Somebody opened boots, 600,000. Is that what he labored for? Was he fasting our brain for it? That's the life we are talking about. Was it a fastener brain praying life? Oh, God, money, God, money. God, bring some money. And then uh, touch him, touch him. Did you know his name? It, those you are saying God should touch I know the people that God is evil sending. God, touch him. You are praying. God, touch him. I have faith. What's faith? You are trusting in somebody. Say so you have faith. What faith? Man. Oh, come on. I'll leave that. I wanted to talk about faith and believing. If I say that now, you won't like it. So let's leave it. What am I trying to say? Struggling life is over for you if you walk under grace. Did you get that? When you begin to walk under grace, you'll be flowing in the Spirit and provision from God will be made available to you. Because that is the real life. That is the real life. Was Jesus struggling to do ministry? No. Was he struggling to do ministry? No, 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 no. Not at all. Then, why must you and I struggle to do ministry? Simply because we are not walking under grace. You know? Ezekiel 44, God even gave a law. Say, so all those who wear woolen stuff should not go into the most holy place. How I many of you remember that? Because when you wear your woolen stuff and go into the most holy place, you're going to be sweating. God hates your sweat because that is a part of the course in the book of Genesis. So, but if you are coming there, put on linen. Which is cool to the body. You won't sweat. God hates sweat. Because it's a sign of a cause. How can you do ministry sweating? We are all doing that, but God is going to deliver us. Because grace is available to every man. Teach your people on grace. Their business will flow in grace. You don't have to sweat to do business. We need to understand this thing. Grace is available. Titus 2, verse 9. How many of you remember that? Amen. So your inheritance is right there in the house of God. You don't need to swear to get it. You just need to know it and ask for it. <laughs> the prodigal son knew what belongs to him and he simply did what? Asked for it. He didn't even sweat asking. Can you imagine the statement he made? He just made a statement to the father Can you give me the portion that falleth unto me? Simple request. <laughs> there wasn't any sweating, no fasting, whatever. Okay, all right. Go to me, First Corinthians fifteen. All these we all were sweating and cleaning face. Now AC should be helping. Somebody have to believe God with me on that. Amen. First Corinthians fifteen, verse nine. Paul speaking says, For I'm the least of the apostles, that I'm not made to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But <laughs> by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed on me was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they are. Yet not I, but what? The grace of God which was with me. Can you see that? <laughs> Oh my God. Can you see that thing there? It means the exploit that Paul made so far in ministry was by reason of the grace of God that was with him. You see what I'm saying here? Okay, you just move on to Romans 15. Romans 15. Let me look at verse 18. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by the word and deed. True mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit. So that from Jerusalem and round about into Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel. But let me read it from verse 70 to 21 from the message. Looking back over what has been accomplished. And what I have observed, I must say, I am most pleased. In the context of Jesus, I have even said proud, but only in that context. I have no interest in giving you a chatty account of my adventures. Only the wondrous, powerful, and transforming present worlds and deeds of Christ in me that triggered a believing response among the outsiders. In such ways, I have trailblazed a preaching of the message of Jesus All the way from Jerusalem far into northwestern Greece. This has all been pioneer work. Bringing the message only into those places where Jesus was not yet known and worshipped. My text have been those who were never told of him. They see him. Those who have never heard of him. They get the message. Hallelujah. Did you get that? Paul is saying, all the exploit I made, even going to territories where Jesus had never been named, and when I preach, they believe, and they receive, is all because of what? The grace of God. Can you get this? My friend, we are not going to do anything so strong without the grace of God. In fact, Paul calls that the real life Hallelujah. The real life, life of ease, life of joy, life of rejoicing, life of knowing that God is with me. Amen. He said, I did all of this because of the grace of God that was with me. You need grace. But it's available. How do you get it now? You believe into it. That grace is what? It's available. Are you there with me? You know, when you look at Genesis 39, verse number 1 and 2, the Bible says, Everything that Joseph did, he prospered because God was with him. So, how do you understand that today? How does God come with you? By what? His grace. Everything he did, he prospered. Because God was with him. Paul said, "All the exploit I made was because the grace of God was what was with me." See you on the other side. For further information and message order, please call plus two three four eight zero three four eight one zero eight six nine, or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net. God bless you.